there's hurts in this world, but God, I'm laying it down and I'm trusting your knowledge. I'm trusting your power. God, I'm trusting your love and I wait on you. Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you. It's great to be worshiping together, man. Love being able to rally together. So whether you're here in person or you're joining us online, man, this is all about Jesus Christ, right? Our job is constantly, as we step in here, to try to set aside a little bit of the distraction and to be able to say, okay, Lord, you get my attention. May God get all the glory. Ready? And all of God's people said... It's a huge deal, man. May we focus on our God. May we get it all about him. And so we're talking this year about what it is to have a John 15 life, a John 15 walk with our God. You know, where Jesus said, I'm the vine and you're the branches, right? Draw life from me. And then he gave four different statements about how to go after that. First, he said, abide in me right? To draw life, to draw value, to draw purpose and understanding. Abide in me. And this huge call out of no matter what the circumstances are that we spend time with our King. We spent a whole series on that already, right? And we talked about abide. The next one that we're in now is ask. What does it mean to come to him? Notice, by the way, that the prayer call out is after the abide call out, right? Everybody say after. Don't miss that, right? First, we're abiding with him. First, we're spending time with him. We're building relationship with him. Then we begin to cry out in prayer. We begin to ask. And it says, if you abide in me, ask whatever you will, and it will be granted, right? There's this, my heart is beating with your heart, God. And so we go after this asking together after the abiding and along with the abiding, may God get all the glory. So here we're in a series about asking. And we're talking through what it means. Uh, Last week, we handed out these bookmarks, right? And uh, hopefully you got one of these bookmarks. This is a great one to just keep in your Bible. If you did not get a bookmark uh, or you gave yours away, make sure you grab yours at the table. Get one for you on the way out. You want to make sure you've got this. What does this bookmark have on it? Well, it just took a little bit of time to take the Lord's Prayer and break it down into pieces, right? Jesus said, uh, pray like this. Like the, everybody say like this. He doesn't say pray this, right? It's not meant to be this kind of repetitive quote. It's not wrong if you do quote scripture, right? We don't say that's wrong, right? But, but at the same time, the goal isn't to just continually repeat, repeat, repeat these exact words. It's something like this. Let's learn from it. What's the structure of the prayer that God shows us there? And so uh, just a couple of breakdowns on the backside of the bookmark so we can see the pieces of it. First, he starts out, our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name, right? Our Father. He's teaching them that he can now be called Father. Remember, Old Testament, this is God distant at some level, introduces himself as Yahweh, and that's the only way he's known, the I am. And he's like, now I want you to know I can be called Father, Daddy, as you approach me. Relationship and family. So the first part, personalize, right? And then after the personalized respect, like after we talk to our God, as we open up our prayer moment with just our father, like, God, thank you for the family relationship. I celebrate who you are. The next piece, I respect you, your kingdom come, your will be done. Like your way is the way it goes. Whatever you say, God, I'm in. 
Like this is a massive moment of respect. And in fact, we're going to spend most of our time today on that piece, talking about what it is to have the respect part in our prayer and looking at a passage for it as we celebrate his authority. And then the next, which we'll be talking about each of these over the next few weeks, then to specifically ask to come before him with our needs, to request out and say, Lord, I'm trusting you with this. Whatever you see fit, I celebrate your grace that you pour on. And you don't have to give, but you choose to give. Lord, thank you for that as I trust you with these hurts and these needs. And then yield, which is like, Lord, I, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Like, I know there's things that I was a part of today, words I've said, actions I've done, things I went after that I should not. Please forgive me. And Lord, teach me to have a forgiving heart with those around me. And then last, submit, Lord, your leadership. Lead me where you see fit, Lord. May you be in charge. Guide along the way, right? This is a power prayer as we start to spend some time in relationship, in connection with authority and simply saying, God, you have my attention, your will, your way, your kingdom. And, you know, we've talked about this in so many different ways, but as we talk about our prayer in the midst of struggle, right? My God can, my God will, even if my God doesn't, I will worship him. Man, that battle cry statement is this prayer put to a statement in the middle of our struggle. May we long for God to have his way. Ready? And all of God's people said. And so last week we talked about the prayer and we set this all up with the bookmark piece. And our challenge here is just to be taking this on each morning when you wake up, spending just a few minutes with your God, walking through those five pieces and then each evening when you go to bed, just walk through those five pieces. Maybe there's more times throughout the day you have, but at least those. Bookend your day saying, God, you get my attention. May God get all the glory. That's our commitment. That's our call as a church. Let's commit our early morning first thing and our closeout of the night for God to get some time of our attention. Ready? And all of God's people said. So don't lose your bookmark. Don't miss it. If you don't have one, grab one. If you know some people that you'd love to give one to, grab extras. We've printed a lot of extras and we want to make sure we've got those available. All right. That said, today, let's jump into respect, the second piece of the prayer. And let's talk through that. Turn with me, if you will, to Psalm 25, starting in verse 1. Psalm 25, starting in verse 1. And we're going to look at an example of somebody praying just a massive respectful prayer to God. This is King David as he's bringing it out. And uh, this is him celebrating the authority of God, your kingdom, your will, your way. I'm trusting and waiting on you. So here we go. Point number one, trust in the Lord and watch him work. Trust in the Lord and watch him work. All right? He starts out and he says, uh, of David, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Let me not be put to shame. Let not mine enemies exalt over me. Indeed, none who wait for you will be put to shame. Let's just hold right there. It actually starts out, it's really important when you're reading the Psalms, read even those first words that are put right underneath the number in your Bible, right? So right under Psalm 25, it says, of David. Like, this is written by King David. So the king of Israel is talking to the king of the universe. That's what's happening here, right? 
So king of Israel talking, the shepherd of Israel is now talking to the shepherd of all following him. He says, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. To you. Notice how right now he is talking very personally to God. He's not talking about God. He's talking with his God. To you, O Lord. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Remember, when all of that is capped in the Old Testament, that means that it actually was the personal name of God, Yahweh. To you, Yahweh, to you, the one who has a personal name, the I am. Now, David knew of him. That's the most personal he knew of him, this personal name, Yahweh. The the disciples in the New Testament are being shared a whole nother level of intimacy. No, my name isn't just Yahweh. My name can now be Father, right? But David praying, knowing him as I am, the one who exists from eternity past to eternity future, right? And he's like, to you, the great I am, I lift up my soul. Like I lift up, I, I celebrate you, I worship you. My soul spends time in honor of you. Like all of me celebrating you and all that you are. That's where I'm at, Lord. Like I lift you up. He says, let me not be put to shame. Let not mine enemies exalt over me. Lord, uh, please don't let me be put to shame. Right? You know what that word means, right? Shame. This is when we kind of put our head down. Right? You've been busted in something. You're like, yes, I know. I was so wrong. I was wrong. I was an idiot. Right? It's like, please, Lord, let not shame happen. What's he saying? He's like, Lord, I am trusting in the God of the universe. May the people around me who think I'm wrong, may they find out they're wrong. Lord, may they grasp your greatness. Lord, may they see you for who you are. Lord, may this not turn into a moment where I'm put to shame, let not mine enemies exalt over me. Please, Lord, don't let them think that they're so right. Have you ever had one of those moments where you're trusting in Jesus, you're following him with all you've got, and you're watching the person next to you who isn't following Jesus at all, and they're like, I'm sorry, man, but I just am not, and it's going great for me. And there's a moment where you're like, Lord, let them not exalt over me. Lord, may this truly be a moment where they grasp your greatness. Lord, may they see who you are in this. He ends up saying, indeed. I love that moment. So this is that moment where David's praying. He's like, Lord, please don't, don't let it go better for them. Than... Please, Lord, don't let me be shamed. And then he's like, wake up call. And he goes, indeed. Like, here's what it literally means. Of course that wouldn't happen. Like, God, I know who you are. It's obvious who you are and what you do. Indeed, it is so true. Like, none who wait for you will be put to shame. None who wait on the Lord will be put to shame. If you spend your time saying, God, I am ready to trust you. I am ready to wait on you. I am ready to give you my attention and my patience. May you get all the glory. May we wait on the Lord. Now, this kind of wait is super important to define. We're not talking like the kind of wait you have you know, like when you go to the DMV. Not that kind of waiting. You know, where you walk in and the first thing you see is a line and a bunch of ropes and whatever that kind of tell you where to go. And the first thing you think is, oh, great. Here we go. It's gonna, if you work at the DMV, we love you, right? <laughs> but, 
but once every four years. It gets to be a hard moment as you walk in. You know, you walk in, you see the long lines, you see everybody frustrated. For whatever reason, no matter how many times we've been there, we're like, this will be fast. And then, of course, it is not, right? And so you walk in and you see these lines, and the first thing you do is you take your hand and you go like this. Right? Like our whole body posture says, well, this day is going to be ruined, right? And now we start to wait impatiently. We're standing there and we wish something could happen in the way we want it as we long for something else to go. Not that kind of wait. Everybody say, not that. Not that, man. We're talking the kind of wait that is built on amazing worship. So let's just put three pieces together. We'll call it the triangle of trust. We've talked about this before, right? The triangle of trust. So first, I trust your knowledge, God. Like I trust you know everything. You know all about me. You know everything that's going on in this situation. I trust your knowledge. You know, and what you know is amazing. But more than just knowing, Lord God, I trust your power. You can do anything. Like you just will it and this world exists. God, you have the power to accomplish any and all. You are the almighty you are the all-knowing. You are the almighty. I trust you in what you know and in your power. But man, you can know a lot and you can have a lot of ability and it still doesn't wash on your shore because the third one is what's most important too. I trust your love, your care for me. Man, you put those three together, that triangle of trust, and that is a killer worship weight. As you're like, Lord, I trust your knowledge. I trust what you know. Lord, I trust your ability to do. And God, I trust your love into my life. You're taking what is most important, what needs to be, what should be. I trust you have my best at hand. God, I'm with you. That's called the triangle of trust. Knowledge, power, and love. And as you have the triangle of trust, man, your worship can light on fire. I lift my soul before you and I wait. Your timing, your power, your knowledge is amazing and what's best. Our worship will light on fire when we go after those three. And I'm just telling you, it's pretty easy when your weight starts collapsing, one of those three or multiple of those three is starting to fall, fall apart, right? I'm just saying when you walk in the DMV, do you have the triangle of trust? <laughs> they know everything. I... I hope they know how to use the computers, right? I, they certainly have the power to do it. I, I think they care about me. Boy, I'm not sure, right? right? And that's the first thing that starts collapsing. When one or more of our triangle of trust collapses, all of a sudden our waiting falls apart. Man, may we have a true, full waiting on the Lord, resting in Him. It says, and we will not be shamed. As we wait on him, we see his timing and his patience. It will be amazing. It says, they shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. No, there will be a shame that's rolled out, and it's to those who are wantonly treacherous. I looked up the word wantonly, right? It means uh, willfully. It means I decided to do it. That's right. Wantonly, like, yep, I chose it. I went after it. That's the way I want it to be treacherous. 
Like my goal was to hurt you. Selfish and self-satisfying. That was my goal. Wantonly treacherous. It means I chose to knock you down and build me up. Thank you. And he's like, just so you know, ultimately, there will be a shame that is found in that. Man, this world right now is running on wantonly treacherous. This world is running on selfish to the max. And just so you know, ultimately and finally, as we wait on the Lord, I'm telling you, our God will make good. Ready? And all of God's people said, may we humbly wait on Him and His timing. It's a huge deal. Uh, Have you ever noticed that in this world, we are getting pretty bad at waiting? Like our patience is falling apart. I'm serious. I really think some of it started collapsing in 2007. You're like, that's a very specific date to choose. It was the year the iPhone came out where everybody could now put a full computer screen in their pocket, where you could literally walk around and you could search on internet stuff. You could go ahead and get connected to social media. You can text. You can call anything you want to do, the magic in your pocket, and now you can start moving with all kinds of information rolling in. You know, and and obviously, impatience has just been slipping for decades and decades, probably even literally centuries. We've been noticing that we've been getting a more and more distracted approach to life. And I've noticed, like, I was at the store, I went to pick something up, and there was a line, you know, a line down here, like a line up in the Chicago area that may take you hours. Like, we're talking, there were four or five people, right? But there were four or five people in line, and now you got to wait. And as you cut up there, the people in front were getting pretty ticked off. And all of us, with five people in line, as it took a little time, we all did this. And immediately pulled our phone out. And then we started searching. And we're no longer, there's no connecting. There's no talking. There's no waiting as you're, as you're connecting with each other. There's just, I'm doing whatever I can do to fill my time up with whatever I can right now and step forward, right? And like, that's our waiting. What can I do to fill my time? Instead of just being cautious and calm in the midst of it. It is amazing how we can just get amped up that we have to wait a little bit. There was a, I looked up patience, and there was a woman called Catherine of Siena. She was a saint, uh, marked as a saint in the uh, early churches there, and she lived in the 1400s. And she wrote in the 1400s, why were the people in Old Testament biblical times so patient and waiting on God? And why are we such an impatient group nowadays? So they had the problem in the 1400s, right? In the, what are you impatient for in the 1400s? I'm trying to figure out what you're doing. You're like going to go chop the logs up. Like, I don't know what, they don't have any electronics. They don't have anything of any sort, but they are fed up, whatever it is, right? And they're getting impatient in the 1400s and it's just slipped since then. Man, may we trust our God's timing. May we trust our God's knowledge and power and love. May we come before our king saying, Lord God, you have this. I am waiting on you. May you get all the glory. And all of God's people said, so how are you doing in your waiting? How are you doing at coming before the king and trusting him? 
his knowledge, his power, and his love. May God get all the glory. All right? Point number two, open. Open yourself to his guidance and teaching. Open yourself to his guidance and teaching. He says, make me to know your ways, O Lord. Just so you know, that word make isn't really in the original. What's there is my knowledge, Lord, affect it so that I know you. So whatever verb you come up with, make me or give me or share with me or however you want to say it. If make seems a little too harsh, it might actually be. It was a form where he's saying to the Lord, please, Lord, my knowledge, may it be impacted to know your ways. That's what he's saying. He's like, Lord, wake me up so that I can know your prayers. How often when we approach the Lord do we start not with a recognition of who he is or relationship, time, and connecting, but we just start with the need and we start not with, Lord, help me to know your ways. We're like, Lord God, here's the problem and here's what I'd like done. Like, this is my prayer now, Lord. Would you please accomplish this? And our prayer becomes, Lord, may you know my ways. Everybody say, that's a bad plan. Yeah, that was kind of soft. Everybody say that's a bad plan. <laughs> Dude, may we not approach the Lord saying, you kind of need a little help. Here's my thoughts on the problem. Like, not that. Lord, may I know your ways. He says, teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. Teaching, it's when you shape the heart. It's when you bring an understanding a reasoning in the midst of it. Teach me, lead me. It's when you do more than just give an understanding to it. Now you're ending up giving clear examples. You're calling out for the where and the when of how to use that knowledge. Lead me, Lord. Give me a guidance in the midst. May there be a wisdom with this information now. He's like, Lord, teach me your ways. And it is so important that we spend time being willing to hear from our God and be taught by him. So I just thought I'd write these down real quick, all right? Here we go. Five ways that God teaches us and leads us, all right? Five ways that God teaches us and leads us. It's just good we have a little bit of perspective as we start diving into prayer time, okay? So five ways he leads and teaches us. First, through his word, right? Through God's word, as we spend time reading, we get a clarity to his character, to his purpose, to his plan overall. We start to understand how God is approaching things through his word. That's number one, right? God leads and teaches us. We read his word and he reveals through his word. Second, through his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who convicts of sin and righteousness and judgment. He's like, that's wrong. Let's let go of it. That's right. Let's go after it. Holy Spirit does a teaching in our lives, a shaping in our lives, a massive work of personal interaction through his word, through his spirit. Number three, uh, through wise counsel, or maybe we should say through biblical counsel. A lot of times God can lead as we're talking to someone who knows the Lord, loves the Lord, and we say, oh, what do you think? What do you think of this situation? And what do you think I might need to look at this like? And what am I missing? And, and all of a sudden, wise counsel, where they're bringing you back to the word and back to the Holy Spirit, but they're helping shape in your lives, right? So God's word, Holy Spirit, wise counsel. Uh, here's another one, through consequences. This one we don't like as much. Right? This is where we make really bad decisions and it hurts. 
It washes on our shore. We start to feel the sting of that bad move. And all of a sudden we're like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Like that was not the way to go. Let's not go that way ever again, right? Consequences that teach us to let go and stop going down that path. If I ever get to that fork in the road again, I'm taking the other direction, right? Consequences, huge teach for us. So his word, his Holy Spirit, wise counsel, consequences. And the last one's a lot like consequences. It's the consequences of others. This is the one where you watch somebody else going through it and you're like, not that. Like, I don't want to go there, right? I don't want to be in the trouble they're in. Lord, I'm praying for them. I want to come alongside of them and God help me not repeat that. Like, may we learn along the way. God, teach us, shape us. These are big deals, man. And the better you get at all of those, the more you're going to hear from God in your daily walk in life and go down the right paths with him over and over. He's like, teach me, lead me. Why? Why would we listen to God? Well, he gives us the answer right after it. He says, for you are the God of my salvation. You are the God of my salvation. You saved me. You died on the cross. You rose again. You give me hope in life. Look, I'm not saving myself. It's not that I'm good enough. I'm not balancing the scales of life and somehow I measure up as good enough before God. Everybody say, not that. Dude, salvation is not that we have worked hard enough and somehow come out good enough. No, here's the message. For we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? We all don't measure up. All of us don't measure up. How many of us don't measure up? All of us. And we need a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. He died on the cross and he rose again. He offers us mercy, forgiveness. Lord, that's why I worship you. You are my hope. You are my king. I come to you because you are the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through you. Jesus, you are awesome. And I trust in you. He says, so for you, I wait all the day long. So for you, I engage my trust like you would not believe. Lord God, as I come before you right now in the middle of all this struggle, I'm telling you, God, there's hurts in this world, but God, I'm laying it down and I'm trusting your knowledge. I'm trusting your power. God, I'm trusting your love and I wait on you. Lord God, may I wait not with a DMV style waiting. Lord God, I am ready to wait and give you my hope and my trust. Ready? And all of God's people said, man, please hear me. Prayer goes nowhere if we think we're praying to someone who doesn't have it in hand. Prayer goes nowhere if we think we're praying to someone who couldn't care less. The reason we're going after our prayer with our God is because we know the one who saves and we know the one who cares and we know the one who has the power to do it all, your King and your God. May we lean on the one who loves you. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. He knows every little detail. 
There is nothing surprising him. And he can engage in your life like you would not believe. He will blow you away with his thoughts on the problem. Lord God, I'm leaning on you. May you get all the glory. That's power prayer, man. And all of God's people said, so simple question. So how are you doing at going after him? One thing I noticed this week, actually last couple, as I was making this bookmark, I thought, well, I'll start walking through it and get out ahead a little bit, and then maybe I can share along the way. So a couple thoughts about listening to our God and having him teach us, right? So number one, I said this at a couple of the services last week, but I'm not sure I said it in the nine. Let's say it this way. When you wake up in the morning and you're going to pray right away, get out of bed. That sounds like a simple statement, but I'm telling you, you're like, Lord, I'll just stay here with you. Before I prioritize anything else, I'll stay with you. I want you to know your pillow's too soft. (laughs) Don't do it, man. Like as you're laying there and you're like, Lord, I'm going to start, pee, just (sighs) be careful, man. Get up. I literally have decided the best move for me is get up, make the bed, get things set, get shaped, get cleaned up, brush my teeth, then go off, take a little bit of time with my God in the word, and then pray. It works best, all right? So just kind of shake it off, wake up a little bit, and then spend a little time with them, all right? Here's the next thing I found. And if you're walking through this and it's kind of five steps, you're going to get to a point where you start getting very repetitive in what you're saying unless you're refreshing and bringing an input. I would strongly recommend take a little bit of time in God's word first. So it just starts out, Lord God, blow me away with who you are. And then you open up his word to wherever you're at. Maybe you're following our reading plan. We've got a reading plan each and every morning. Go after that. Right? But as you're saying, Lord, blow me away with who you are, then you open up, you go through that passage, whatever it is you're committed to. It doesn't have to be long, man, but a little bit of time in a passage. And as you spend a little time there and as you get blown away by him, you just kind of make mental note. Yes, God, you are so awesome. Look at Psalm 25 here. God, you are a saving God. You are a merciful God. God, you are the God who meets us right where we are. Yes, God, that's who you are. As you get done with whatever time in the word, just that little bit, now go to the five steps in the bookmark and watch your prayer life be refreshed anew for that day. Lord, I'm bringing to you my prayer affected by Psalm 25, for example. And watch God kind of give you a fresh morning and a fresh night right? It's a sweet time of taking a little bit of time with your king. May God get all the glory. So simply put, how are you doing at having a fresh moment in the morning and the evening with your king? And uh, maybe you missed last week and you're like, I didn't know that was the challenge. Let's go after it together. Fresh morning, fresh evening, bookmark in hand. May God get all the glory. Ready? And all of God's people set. All right. Point number three. Bring it to a close here. Humbly count on his steadfast love and amazing mercy. Humbly count on his steadfast love and amazing mercy. He says, remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love. Lord God, please remember your mercy. It's really important to note what he's calling out for him to remember. Remember that part of your character that so doesn't bring penalty but instead bring some sort of benefit. Lord, please remember your mercy when you hold back the punishment I deserve. Lord, remember that love 
that's shown that way. What does remember mean? Count on it. Look back to it. Be aware of who you are, God, and act in that way, Lord. Your mercy and your steadfast love. Steadfast love. In the original language, this is the Hebrew word, chesed. It's a super important word. It's a word that means a love that cannot be moved or shaken. Chesed. It's a really, everybody just say the word with me. Ready? So we're going to do it in two parts. Here we go. The first part starts out with a deep guttural. <laughs> Try it with me. Ready? Here we go. <laughs> and then the rest, part, the rest of it is esed. Okay? That's kind of easy. Say that part with me. Esed. So let's put the two together. Chesed. And now you've learned Hebrew. You're ready to go. Right? And it's just this. It's all over the place in the Old Testament. And it simply means, Lord God, your love that does not move. Lord God, your love that pours in and won't stop. Your love that is day by day and forevermore. Lord God, I love your chesed. May you get all the glory and your mercy as you forgive my sin. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. No wavering, no stopping, sacrificial through and through. Praise be to God. And all of God's people said, he says, yes, Lord, remember your mercy. Remember your steadfast love. He says, for they have been from old. But God says in Malachi, I am the Lord your God. I change not. This is who I am. It's who I will forever be. And David's like, Lord, remember that with me. And I love this part. And then he says, remember not. He's like, remember this. Please don't remember this. And look what he says not to remember. Please, please don't remember this. Remember not the sins of my youth and my transgressions. Please, Lord, don't remember and act on and hold me accountable for and punish for the things that I've done in the past that were so wrong. I am so sorry. Lord, please forgive me. Man, some of you have walked a life that you wish never happened. All of us have events in our life we wish we could have said, Lord, not that. I'm so sorry. Man, your prayer life might be hindered by the fact that you're saying, how could he want to hear from me when I? Please hear me, that's from the pit of hell. Your God loves you. Your God is so ready to take it and put it in the past and be done with it. Lord God, please forgive me. Lord God, I lay this down. Lord, thank you for your perfection. And Lord, please forgive me for my imperfection. I'm done with that. And I'm on with you. May God get all the glory. That's our hope as we approach the king, that he offers amazing forever forgiveness. And all of God's people said, huge deal. He says, according to your steadfast love, remember me. Lord, please engage the steadfast love and the mercy. Forgive my broken past. Bring me to who you are. He says, for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Like why? Not for the sake of my benefit. Lord, for the sake of your goodness, for the sake of your glory. Lord, may you get shown off. You're the God who speaks and this world exists. You're the God who moves. You stepped into this world and you died for me and you rose for me. Lord God, for your glory, 
I cry out. Lord, thank you for the salvation and thank you for eternity. You are coming again. There will be forever. No more pain, no more sorrow. It isn't about me. Lord, may that show you off unbelievably. May God get all the glory for your goodness, for your glory, Lord. I cry out. And all of God's people said, dude, that is a massive moment of catching the worship says, good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in the way. God is so great, he is so righteous, he is so perfect, and he's like, come, come with me. Let's do this daily, regularly. I love you. Let's set that down, whatever it is that's distracting, and let's run together. May God get all the glory. He says, good and upright is the Lord. He instructs sinners in their way. He leads the humble in what is right, and he teaches the humble his way. For all who are willing to humble themselves, to bow down, to cry out, you are my hope. For all who are willing to humble themselves, know this. There is a God who is showing his way. He is revealing with a smile. He can't wait to spend time with you. Your God knows you. Your God loves you. And your God has the power to work like you would not believe. It is time for us to enter the presence of the throne room of the king of the universe. It is time for us to be stunned with who he is. It says all the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness. He's going to lead us. He's going to be faithful in it. He's going to be awesome in it. For those who keep his covenant and his testimonies, for those who are humble and follow him, may we trust in him. May we know this. God has your best at stake. Lean on him. Our hope as we come before him is respect. Your kingdom, your will, your way. You are teacher. You are leader. I am on my knees. You're in charge. Take over in my life, God. I'm ready to worship you right now this morning with the bed made and my head not on the pillow. And all of God's people said, may God truly get all the praise. This is our call out. Are you ready to give God your trust that he is right there with you in the fire? You're following He is leading in your life. May he get all the glory. Let's praise the King. Let's pray. 